If you'll open your Bible to page 1040, is where we're going to be today. And you're in the book of Ephesians. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. You know, it's interesting to me as I think about the Bible and think about like the book of Ephesians. I think this. The Holy Spirit in the first century inspired a man named the Apostle Paul to write a letter to the Christians in Ephesus that is as relevant today in the 21st century as it was when it was written in the first century. Now that to me is only God can do a thing like that. And as you read the book, you think, wow, they were dealing with this and they were dealing with that. And you think, well, hey, we're dealing with the same kind of stuff. Well, it, it's interesting because in chapter number four, and the way I like to, in my mind, visualize these chapters, like this is a letter. And I like to think each chapter is like a page. Chapter one, page one, chapter two, page two, etc. Well, over on page four, chapter four, you, you run across a little portion of scripture that I want us to focus on today in the little time we have. Look with me down in verse 11. We'll just pick up there for time purpose. It says, God himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. By the way, I never can find where God gave them a, a university president, but I'm sure he did, but we'll, we'll just leave that alone. Well, God gave all these people to do what? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, that means a complete man, to the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Now, verse 15, in this verse, it's very, very interesting to me. There are five words in verse 15 that we need to see and hear and do. I want to show them to you. Verse 15 says, speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. That little phrase, five words, speaking the truth in love. That's what I want to talk about today. Speaking the truth in love. You know, in, in the day in which we live, you don't have to agree with this. You can be wrong. It's okay. But in the day in which we live, there, there, really, there's very little truth and there's even less love. Now, I think you'd agree with the B part of that at least. You know, like, like how do you know what's true? That, that's just really a good question. Well, I thought about that. Now, don't tune me out because I'm going to make some of you mad, but if you'll just bear with me, everybody will be glad in a moment. Like, what is truth? Well, if you turn on CNN, you get to CNN truth. If you turn on Fox, you get to Fox truth. Uh, if you listen to people, and we all do, well, you get people truth. That's what I'm just going to call it. If you listen to Trump, you get Trump truth. If you listen to Biden, you get Biden truth. I'll tell you what. If you listen to God, you get real truth. Now, I got through that without making anybody mad. 
whichever network you like, I picked on the other one. Too. I mean, it's like you're in two different worlds. You just flip the channels and you think, well, what, what do I believe? Well, ask people. Well, you're going you're gonna to hear what they believe. If somebody asks me, I'm going to tell them what I believe. Well, somewhere out here, it would be really good to know what the truth is. Could I have an amen to that? And the way to do that is to listen to God. And when we listen to God, we find out what is really truth. And you say, well, how do we listen to God? It's very, very simple. Primary way, you just read what he said. That's how you do it. And when you read what God says, what you do, you, you read the truth. Because when the Bible speaks, God speaks. And when God speaks, truth speaks. And I know you all believe that. But I want to move forward beyond that. The beautiful thing is the entirety of God's word is truth. Now, I believe that. Now, you may not believe that. You may say, well, no, I'm not sure about this. That, look, I judge you not. I'm just saying to you, I believe with every fiber in my body that the Bible is the inspired word of God. I believe that. That's just what I believe. And uh, there's not a, in my conviction, there's not a speck of untruth in the Bible. So I, I just, this is where I think we find truth. You know, if the Bible, you think about it a moment, if it is inspired by God, and it is, and if it's impossible for God to lie, and it is, then everything the Bible says is going to be truth. Now, you see, knowing the truth is, is the easy part. It really is. Someone says, well, no, it's really not. It really is. If It is from where I live. If I want to just really know the truth, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to read the Bible. Now, I know some understand more than do others, but, but God didn't inspire a book that we can't understand anything. We understand a great deal. And so knowing the truth is, is really the easy part. You just read God's Word. You believe God's words. I, you know, the Bible is very clear about this, and this is just kind of where I'm going to go in my life. In fact, I wish you would turn back to page 489. I want to, one, of the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful statements in all the Bible about the trustworthiness of the Bible is in Psalm number 19. You're on page 489. In Psalm 19, look with me in verse 7. Let me read just a few verses very quickly. The Bible says, the law of the Lord, that's talking about God's word, is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord, that's talking about scripture, is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord, that's again scripture, are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord, there's scripture again, is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servants are warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. I mean, I just don't know anywhere in the Bible any little portion of Scripture that tells us better the trustworthiness of God's Word than that little person, that little thing of Scripture. Now, so knowing the truth, the truth is in the Word of God. When God speaks, when the Bible speaks, God speaks. When God speaks, truth speaks. So, okay, that's not the hard part. The hard part is speaking truth in love. 
And in the Christian world in which we live, we don't make an A as much as we ought to make an A. You know, there's a lot of truth being spoken, but it's not spoken in love. And, and here, here it is in the Bible, it says that we are to do what? We speak truth in love. And a great example of that would be Jesus. He's a great example to everything. You remember in John chapter 8 when the woman was actually caught in the act of adultery. This wasn't hearsay. This wasn't gossip. The Bible says she was caught in the act of adultery. Jesus spoke truth, but he spoke truth in love. You remember what he told that woman? He said, go and sin no more. He didn't beat her up. He didn't tell her to go sit in the corner. He didn't say, you're going to be a leper and you can't ever do anything in life anymore. He spoke truth. He told her not to commit that sin anymore. Sin no more. Don't do that. And, you know, I just say that uh, many times if we're not careful, what we say, well, may be true, but we, we say it in, in just an angry way. I, I don't know if this is, I don't know if I should share this example or not, but I, I saw it Sunday and I, it, it was interesting to me. You know, Meet the Press, I, I, I record that every Sunday. Chuck Todd did that for so many years. And it can be a very interesting program. Well, he just recently retired. And I, I, I should have written down to remember, I can't remember the lady's name, Wilder or something like that, that took his place. And, you know, so we're having to try to adjust. We, we've watched him so many Sundays on me to press and now he's gone and we've got this this other person on the job and Sunday interestingly she had him on as a guest so we have now him on as a guest and she's on and I've been trying to figure out what it was about her I didn't like <laughs> and I figured it out Sunday uh, Chuck Todd never was like argumentative in your face and she just comes on mad. I mean, like, the, I, it, of course, they're not going to invite me to be on me to press, but I, if she did, I wouldn't go. She's just on the attack mode. And it showed up Sunday. I'm sitting there watching. I said, Dottie, look, here, here's the deal. Chuck Todd, he's probably as liberal as she is. I don't know about that. But the point I'm making is not what the, the convictions are. The point I make is one of communication. You've got one person that is really saying the same thing this other person's saying, but one's saying it like they're not fixing to slap you in the face, and the other's saying it like, you know, I just, uh, you just, you're afraid they are going to slap them in the face. And then I get thinking about, you know, sometimes in my life, I fear that I've, I've really spoken the truth about something, but I didn't speak it in love. I'm just, you know, I just think we need to work at that as Christian people. Sometimes, we, we, we drive people from God instead of encouraging people to God. I mean, I, I think like on Sundays as you preach, we need to preach truth. We need to speak truth. But we need to speak truth in love. That is what the Bible says. Now, maybe you are, well, it's not just in church. I mean, uh, in our daily life, you know, uh, this morning, Dottie brought up a subject. And um, I felt one part of me wanting to tell her what I really thought. And then I thought in a few hours, I'm going to be talking about speaking truth in love. I better 
I better shift my tone here a little bit. You know, sometimes it's not our words. It's, it's, it's how we say our words. You know, that old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's the biggest lie I've ever been told. <laughs> oh, my God. I learned that as a little child. And I uh, don't know who taught me or why, but be that as it may, it, it's, just, it's just not true. I had an interesting thing happen. You know, I've said to you before, my goal doesn't always work. It did last week. If I'm not preaching on the coming Sunday, my goal is to get up Tuesday Bible launch on Friday and have it completely finished. And then I have all weekend to think about it and then Monday to kind of tweak it and work on it and think some more about it. And it's better when that happens. Well, Friday, I'm on schedule. Uh, I'm on schedule. And I'm so thrilled. I'm back in my study at church, here at the church. And uh, I'm working on my sermon. All of a sudden, I hear my little click go off on my phone. And I reach down, take my phone and look. And I have a text message from Dr. Berkman. Now, you've heard me mention Dr. Berkman before. Dr. Norman Berkman would be one of the oldest, most respected doctors in the medical community in, in the Houston uh, Medical Center. He's, he's been around a long time. And any doctor you go to, if they've been around any time at all, they, they know of, of at least Dr. Norman Berkman. He, he's been a friend of our family um, well, from all, almost as long as we've lived here, almost 34 years. I, we were here about a year before we ever met Dr. Berkman. But uh, it's an unusual relationship. Uh, his wife, Melinda, she and Dottie, uh, they, they, they kind of live in the same world. And, and they, you know, I'll just leave that there. I spoke that in love. Um, what I was trying to say was they love shopping and talking about things like that. Well, anyway, we've, we've, uh, we, we actually, we've, we've, each year we'll probably have two, two times we'd visit with them and they with us. Well, I get this text Friday from Dr. Berkman, and I read my text on the phone. Just out of the clear, I'm getting a text from Norman Berkman. And I would not talked to him in, in several weeks. And when I read the text, I thought, this is exactly what I'm going to be talking about Tuesday at Tuesday Bible Lunch. So I text him back. Now, I should have said he's Jewish. And I've shared with him what I believe as a Christian about Christ. He, he, he knows that. He respects what I believe. And I have, to, I have to respect what he believes. We don't agree on that. But we actually can have a conversation about it. And we do okay. We just don't have a lot of conversations about it. Okay. But I, I read that and I texted him back and I said, Norman, I said, it's interesting. You send me this little quote that you read and it fits my sermon Sunday, a Tuesday, my Tuesday Bible lunch. He's been to this Tuesday Bible lunch. He knew what he was talking about. I said, would you mind if I shared it with the people Tuesday and say where I got it? And he texts back, and he said, no, Jews always glad to help. Um, <laughs> Baptist preachers. <laughs> he, he, did, he didn't say that. I made that up. But anyway, I, I said, well, I'm going to do it. And then I said, by the way, I'm going to send you a copy of my notes 
so you can read what I had to say about this, but it's so beautiful. Let me read you this text. This, this, this would have been better than everything I've said. And I quote, remember not only to say the right things in the right place, but far more difficult still to leave unsaid the wrong thing at the tempting moment. Boy, I have a Jewish doctor as a homiletical assistant. <laughs> I am blessed. Now, he had in his text that Benjamin Franklin said that. I, I, don't, I don't know if Benjamin Franklin said that or not. I've not researched that. Let me read it one other time. Think about this. Remember not only to say the right things in the right place, but far more difficult still to leave unsaid the wrong thing at the tempting moment. And let me say this. I told you this morning, Dottie brought up something. I thought of that quote. I said to myself, I'm having a tempting moment. <laughs> I'm going to do what this thing says. Father, we all have tempting moments. We live, God, in an angry day. I mean, people are just assassinating one another with words. God, we're Christians. We're supposed to speak truth in love. We're not to compromise the truth. I, when I've talked to Dr. Berkman on several occasions about belief in Christ, I speak the truth, but I always ask you, help me do so in love, not in a condemning way, not in a I'm right and you're wrong way. Just the truth. God, the truth the truth doesn't need to be defended. The truth just needs, it defends itself. It's like a line. You just, you don't have to defend a line. You just turn a line loose and it'll defend itself. Truth is the very same way. Help all of us, God, in our homes, in our workplace, in our relationships, help us speak truth in love. Now, Lord, bless every person here today. As we go from here, give us safety. Just surround the angels about us. Uh, help us even this afternoon to, to just see someone that we could speak truth in love that would be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen.